Cool, cool. Everyone, everyone ready to go? Yeah, yeah ready. Okay. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron. And I'm your other host, Hamish. And today we are joined by Shaylee, who's actually a call out from Akil's episode, like episode, oh, I forgot what you said yesterday, Hamish, 16? 16. Episode 16. Yeah. How you doing, Shaylee? And would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, Aaron. Doing well. It's quite early on a Sunday for me to be up. I won't lie. I probably woke up about 20 minutes ago and was like, yeah. ah, I have to get ready. <laughs> so you guys are early risers. But no, I'm very excited. I've been excited this whole week and I love listening to the third wheel. What you guys do is really cool. So yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Well, we know each other from university. Just I don't think we really like spoke much at uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, fun fact though is I was because I was thinking about this the other day. I think the last time I saw you guys was a week before the first lockdown in 2020. Do you remember Armina's birthday? I wasn't there. Hamish. Hey, hey, oh, you <laughs> were there, but Aaron, you were there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hamish, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I saw you. <laughs> but Aaron, I remember seeing you there. See, that's the thing. People just assume if I'm there, Hamish is there now, or if Hamish is there, Aaron's there. So uh, yeah. before that wasn't really wrong, but like, yeah. But yeah, since then, you've you've actually started your own podcast, uh, retraced a migration story. Uh, would you like to, yeah, just just tell people what what that's all about? Yeah, sure. So it's quite funny because I hadn't really like listened to podcasts before the lockdown uh, or really knew what they were. But obviously, lockdown happened, and I ended up going on a, a lot of walks as we all did. And rather than listening to music all the time, I put on podcasts and I just really enjoyed it and I saw what you guys are doing with the third wheel and I thought it's really cool and it's a really like fun productive use of time you know so yeah I got into podcasts that way the reason I wanted to do it specifically on migration is because I've I've always been a a big had a big interest for history um, and I've always thought looking at my own family history was a really cool thing to do but then it was really my mum who is a museum curator so she curates museum exhibitions and she's got one coming up uh, which I'll plug later on but she's got got one coming up in a, in um, a few weeks on the migration of Gujarati people so from Gujarat from Africa to the UK and other western uh, civilizations so that was really cool and I was chatting to her about that and she kind of, without really realizing it, is a, I guess, podcast interviewer herself. She is called Oral History Interviews. So she interviews people like the way you're interviewing me now um, and asks them about their migration story. The only difference is is that it doesn't then go up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, It's sort of kept in an archive for museum purposes. But I thought it'd be really cool to sort of revamp that idea and put it on a podcast, sort of the modern way of archiving history. And then as I was thinking about this, I randomly got an email one day from my dance school saying that they're offering an oral history interview, like a series of workshops. And I thought, okay, this is really spooky because I was just thinking about it. And so I did these workshops, which was really cool. I ended up interviewing my mom on her like personal story through that. And then that ended up becoming the first episode of my own podcast, A Retraced a Migration Story. So that's sort of how it happened. And it's just kind of a side hobby. I don't really have, there's no sort of end goal. It's just something I really am interested in and enjoy doing. How how is that like a dynamic interviewing your mom? Well, yeah. So because she's into interviews and all of this herself, like she knew that when I pressed record, she was just like on, you know, like she knew like 
she, she's a talker. She likes talking. Like so, so it was fine. But I guess it just depends on the personality of the, the person you're approaching. Hamish, you even approached me like last year, asking if I'd come on that third wheel, and I thought, oh no, like what would I say? Like I've like, nothing to talk about. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll get yeah. into that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I was just a bit a bit shy, to be honest, and I didn't know what I would talk about. But a year later, I've got my own podcast, so you know. Yeah, like we get like we didn't realize that till we did our special episodes. That's when I think we realized, okay, yeah, maybe because we're just the host, it's okay. But when we're on the other side, it is we can see why it is as nerve wracking as before. We were like just like it can't be that nerve wracking, surely. I guess or like you know like we didn't understand it, and then when we were finally the guest. We realized, oh shit. But for future then, guests, it's not that nerve wracking. Yeah, so you, can, you can still. No, 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 it's, it's not. <laughs> <It's either> <laughs> That's interesting that you said like podcasts wasn't even something that you, um, something that you listen to much. I found it the opposite where I've, I listened to a lot of podcasts before doing this podcast. And now since I've done it, I've barely listened to any. I only sometimes watch ones with video. So like, even that is like a push for me because I, I need the visuals, but then also to create the time. So like if any friends have a podcast, I probably listen to your first episode and not listen to any others, but that's just because I can't, I have a, like literally, I must have some sort of attention disorder, but not a serious <laughs> one, but it's just like, I literally can't pay attention to just audio unless it's music for some reason. So yeah, like if there was video, I'd probably watch, but yeah. I get that though. Cause even, um, even like, you know, Joe Rogan podcast, like, I actually prefer watching it on YouTube, like the clips. Yeah. I don't I like seeing the facial expressions and the body language but yeah I don't know I, I'm a big podcast fan now I, I listen to it all day every day I like I think it helps because I like I like going for walks and I walk to work um or even when I'm driving etc and those are times when you you don't need visual right or well you shouldn't <laughs> so <laughs> you have to listen to something have you thought about doing a video with yours I have actually not for each podcast but I've thought about sort of what I can do with with this resource I guess that I have like doing yeah like video interviews uh, if that makes sense um but but we'll see there are a lot of plans out there a lot of ideas so let's see I was gonna ask as well like is it coming out like monthly weekly like is there a specific set plan or is it just whenever you have a migration story as per se yeah, I didn't. So you guys are like regiment. Like you guys are cool with your schedule. When you told me, you sent me this like form, and I was like, oh my god, this is not how, <laughs> how I do. It. No, no, no. I do it. So, so it's a mixture. So it's if someone like comes to me, sometimes like through my DM, someone will say, oh, I've got a migration story. Can I come on? I was like, yeah, great. Let me look at my diary. Just put you in. Or if I approach someone, I just really work with them and see when they're free because obviously I'm conscious of people's time, etc. Um, so yeah, it, it's very free flowing. I don't have like, I don't sit there and say like, I need X amount of interviews in, you know, a, a month or whatever. But I mean, you never know. I've only really got like five interviews up at the moment. So as it develops, that that may be the case that it becomes more structured. But yeah, pretty free, free flowing for now. Would you say that if you retrace the migration story of your podcast, it leads back to Third Wheel? Does that mean we are the source of your <laughs> podcast? Yeah, I get this. Is the inspiration. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's I'm go just with that. Credit, I can't. Vans chatting. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, how about the like technical side of stuff, like making a podcast? That's that's something that people always like. Yeah, seem to like message us and be like, "Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that?" Like, so it's something that people feel like it's a lot. It's quite daunting at first. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find it? 
So I started laughing when you asked that because there's there is literally no technical side to my podcast. I basically so I did try use Zenka. Do, do you guys remember like when I first started, I messaged you and be like, guys, I don't know how to do this. Like, how how, how do I do a podcast? Yeah. And you guys were great. Like you gave all your tips and all the different platforms you use, and I had to like sit down and properly go through it because you guys are like tech savvy just by like nature, I guess. But for me, not not really. I can use Word. I think that's about it. Like an Excel at a push, but. Um, so yeah, I had to really like sit down and like figure it out. In the end, I just realized that Zoom was working fine for me, just the audio clips. I know what you're saying about the worry of like losing an audio file from Zoom. And I that is a worry of mine, but so far so good. And I actually find that the audio quality isn't bad either. So one thing I always say to my interviewees is when you're speaking, try not to move around as much. Like, you know, when, you, when you're talking, you naturally like you move your head and you, you know, you get quite animated, but I, I noticed that when you do that, then the, you know, the audio picks up at different, like different levels. So yeah. So I literally just use Zoom and in terms of editing, I mean, for quite, for, for most of the podcasts I've done so far, I haven't actually had to edit it because it would be quite a free flowing conversation anyway. But in the few ones that I have, thank God to Akil, shout out to him. He's episode, what was it? 84 you said or something? 16. 16. Oh no. So this Yours is 84, 18, 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He basically just does it on Audacity for me and he's great. So, but I, I will learn how to do it. I'm pretty sure I can do it. I just get a bit lazy and he enjoys doing it. So, yeah. yeah. What's kind of been maybe some like highlights from the podcast? Kind of what's been your favorite? I know. Has there been any like standout bits in like particular interviews where they told you like a story and you were kind of like, wow, that's, that's cool? Yeah. Um, so obviously my mum's one was good, the first episode, because, you know, that's my mum. But um, I, I think I pretty much knew like the, her story anyway. Uh, th- we actually have a family friend called Rolf, who is episode two, I think. Um, and he's German-born, but he's lived in London for many, many years now. And I've pretty much known him my whole life. I've never really spoken to him about his past and like, well, you know, coming from Germany. And he actually grew up in a small village in on the Rhineland. Um, in between, on the border of France and Germany. And he was saying how one uh, one day there was an event that really marked his childhood and it was to do with um, an anti-nuclear protest that the local German, both German and French villagers came together to fight against the government to stop this um, power plant, I think, that they were building. And he said the idea of protest and political awareness was really sort of instilled in him from a young age and he, that would, like carried on with him through life. And that was wicked because for me, this is just like, you know, a family friend, like an uncle, I guess, that you've known your whole life, but you didn't really like, you, you don't really know the levels to him, you know? And that I, learning, learning that, I was like, wow, that, that, that's really cool. And I guess that's why I do what I do. It's learn. I, I like, I'm a bit nosy. I like, <laughs> I want to learn about people's like backstories and what makes them them. So I think that was really cool. Another interview that I did was with Shami, who you've had as well, right? She's one of our best mates. So that interview was fun to do because it was it was literally just like just chatting to your mate on on the phone and it just being recorded. So that was really like fun and easygoing. And I mean, you guys know her story. Like she, she's incredible, very inspirational. So that was cool as well. Um, and I've got a few more in the pipeline that are yet to be recorded, which I can't wait to get out. For example, there's a one Vietnamese lady who came to the US on a boat with her parents. And that's all I'll say. That's how her journey started. So so yeah, it's quite cool. Very, I'm very excited about it. Like an idea for your, maybe like just for Instagram purposes or something, is that what you could have is like 
either one map containing like the point that they were in this country and the date and then it draw a line arrow to the next point the date where they landed in that i don't know yeah. maybe you could do, i can see like you could have a color scheme so you could probably make your map a color scheme of the thing and then it could just see like how they traveled or migrated across the world or whatever that's definitely cool like, i was thinking about that i need to think about how to add it into the aesthetic i don't know if you see my instagram page but it, there's basically like a film reel that goes through the middle which i kind of put my foot in it because now it's hard to like break from that because that that middle tile like needs to follow but yeah that map idea is really cool I've just, i'll think about a way to put that in for sure and yeah so all these guests are like a mixture of kind of people you know slash random people yeah, people I know or know off. Yeah. Um, slash people who have like DM'd the page or who I've met through Clubhouse. Are you guys on Clubhouse? <laughs> no, I do want to talk about it later. But, uh... Okay. <laughs> who have sort of just, yeah, messaged me through that. So yeah, I, I, I guess that's how I get my guests and I'm excited to see see where it goes. Do you prepare your questions like in advance or is it kind of you just going off the top? Yes and no. So I always start sort of start off by saying, the date is the 11th of April, da, 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 and the time is da, da, da. Yeah. I'm joined I thought by that was really Aaron cool, the, the date, The date and time thing, I, when I listened to it, I was like, oh, that's quite, yeah. I don't know, it kind of makes it like like an archive kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's precisely it. Because when I was on that oral history workshop I was telling you guys about, that was one of the things they taught me was to start interviews that way. So I think that's like the professional way that oral history interviews for museum archives are started. So I thought that was quite cool because something different for a podcast. Um, so yeah, that's how I start the podcast. I like to do it chronologically. So I'll normally start with, so when and where were you born? And then from there, it's a mixture of questions that I've planned slash I just let it go with the flow. Because often when you ask someone to talk about themselves, they can, you know, go off on different tangents, which is great because like, oh, I want to follow that. And then we just go from there. It's very, 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 very easy, very uh, naturally flowing. It's very, um, very chilled, just like how you guys are your podcast. So yeah, I was, I was going to say it's also kind of like when you're like in the again interviewed by the police and they start the recording and they're like it's uh oh, yeah. 32 p.m and yeah. DCI um, for the videotape been watching line of duty so uh i know i know, Watch, I know yeah. shit. when they're like for the videotape aaron is crossing his arms yeah you don't upload your podcast to youtube do you uh no i mean that's not not yet it's something to think about but again it's more tech for me otherwise <laughs> <laughs> i kind of just want to get it off ground and then we'll see there's a recording date option and then i considered back going back through all of the episodes and putting the recording date in for each episode but then there, i realized that there's nearly 100 episodes and i'm not bothered going to put the recording date just now into it and same with the clips and everything so i was like you know what yeah it can be like that unless we for some reason wanted to actually go back and add in that you know recording date if it mattered to anyone like right now I don't think it really matters much because sometimes you may mention another episode, but I guess in future for yours, you could just select the recording date option if you do go YouTube. Sure. Well, well, you guys are like big and famous and your podcast is like number one. You can get like an intern to do that. So that's an option. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> one day. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to pay you. It's going to be work experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unpaid. Like, child labor. <laughs> Anyone looking for one week work experience? <laughs> what are your plans with it? What kind of... If you can even say, like, what, do you have any, how, how far do you want to go with this? So the, the way I see it is it's more just like a platform for people to say their story, but then have it archived. Like, so in a way, my podcast is an archive, but I want to do different things like relating off the podcast and off like the exhibitions that my mom's doing. So one project that we've uh, got coming up is uh, writing a play. 
which is really cool. So I, I'm writing a play in conjunction with um, a few other people and it's a, a fictional story, but it's based on the strikers at the Grunwick factory in North West London. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but um, it happened in the 1970s and it was led by a Gujarati lady called J.R. Ben Desai, who at that time, uh, so, so picture like, picture your grandma, yeah? So picture your grandma working at a factory with her mates at a time when you know Britain was like the sort of the height of racism I guess and they these ladies were working under really poor working conditions and this JRBN she led a strike literally that then escalated to such an extent in the media that it lasted for two years and it became a nationwide strike and it became a strike against the authorities trade unions from across the UK got involved and it was really a huge, big thing. So the play that we're doing is sort of based on that storyline, but we've got fictional characters. Um, and that's the the, story, the Grunwick Strike story is sort of the background. It ties in nicely with the themes of migration because these are all ladies that came from India or East Africa. And they were really the first generation of immigrants, right? So like we we are children of immigrants, but they were the first ones that came. So through the dialogue, I weave in the small stories about how they had to like, get accustomed to the different types of food and the way that they were treated for being brown and et cetera. So, so yeah, so that's like a side project that's kind of inspired by the podcast, I guess, and that can kind of weave in with that. Even in modern day, although I guess it may not be visible to a lot of people, is that the thing about the poor factory working conditions here for ladies, especially, that still happens here, yeah, like at least local to me, because like even my mom used to work in one of the food factories here. Yeah. Basically, because as you say, like they're like they were the immigrants, right? So they were willing to work for cheap without understanding the rules and regulations around this, and they they weren't going to really report it because they didn't understand that stuff. And then like it still goes on like now, even like the poor working conditions in these factories. Like there was apparently workers working with COVID making those, you know, those ready-made food that goes into Tesco and stuff. But like yeah. they're not going to complain about it and because they need the money, you know, for whatever reason, because they just moved here and so on, and then like they're already stuck in that loop here but it's often like written off as but like those conditions still exist it's just that they don't know how to they don't know the correct thing to do with it so like they're not going to necessarily report it and they need the money so if they report yeah. it they lose out on their you know fi financial source so it's just like it's a bit it's a bit sad when you think about it but like well so that's always the issue it's these this higher power these factories relying on the fact that these immigrants i guess won't be as politically aware or won't be like aware of their rights. But then you have, on the other hand, you've got these small, not small, but you've got these um, body like the Citizens Advice Bureau, for example, and um, local charities that are, their sole aim is to empower people through awareness of their rights. Um, so that's a constant b a battle. And it, it's, yeah, it's, as you were saying, Hamish, it's sad that it's still happening. And hopefully it, it's something that we can, change moving forward i can only imagine like how it's got worse because of covid i'm sure there are stories there but yeah have um have you seen made in dagnum no i haven't <laughs> so it's like around 1960s yeah, yeah. about like the women who worked at the dagnum ford factory as in the car yeah, manufacturing cool. and then they went on like strike for like equal pay and stuff like that and i actually saw that as a play like in like it was only, it wasn't shown in London. It was shown like in Hornchurch because we're like, we're close to Dagenham. So I think it's like yeah, a, yeah. a thing here. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good play. Does it have, um, does yours have like music? We yours have music in it? Um, yeah. So this wouldn't, well, uh, it's very early days for now. What we're thinking is that it won't be a musical, but we will, like I had an idea of like when the audience come in, we'll play like a playlist of songs that 
came from the like from 1976 specifically because I think that will bring back a lot of memories for the older generation sort of what was on top of the pops at that time you know not the band 1976 no no like (laughs) as in the year (laughs) and there will be sort of music weaved in throughout but it wouldn't be a musical it would be it would be a play yeah how do you even like how do you write a play oh Aaron I don't know you tell me I I've written like four scenes so far. I have no idea about the structure of like a play, like an actual script. I'm just literally guessing. But the idea is that we then get in experts who are, you know, like theatre people to come in and sort of like help us, give us tips, etc. So it's a learning experience as well. But honestly, the, the idea is just like, I, so I'm basically writing the play, the, the script myself. And then there's a whole team that I like liaise with. So they sort of sense check it, I guess, to make sure that it all like, seems like it's making sense and that we're on you know I'm on the right track but when I say I have no experience on that like I really have no experience I'm just making it up I always like making up little stories and I was like little and stuff and I like writing so whether I'm any good is a different question but I, I enjoy that sort of creative aspect of like fiction so yeah yeah do you, do you even have stuff like the like I don't know woman looks at the sky and like takes a deep breath and stuff like that in it or yeah, so I, the way I've done it, and again, oh my God, if there's any like playwrights listening to this, they're going to be cringing. But the way I've done it so far is like, Aaron, comma, how are you doing, Hamish? Looks at, and then in brackets, looks at Hamish, and then Hamish, comma, great, thanks, Aaron. Cop bracket, smiles at Aaron, <laughs> like that kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah. So it makes sense in my head. And I'm sure once I figure out how these things are actually done, I can convert it. But yeah. Obviously, none of us knew how to do a podcast before. So you managed to start up a podcast. So. You- you could figure out the player, I hope. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we've planned it so we know what's going to happen in each scene, so to say. So we've got a storyboard. And then in terms of actually writing, I've at like currently I've written about, say, four scenes off like 20-odd or whatever it is. So we're in that process. But soon, hopefully, if we can get the funding and everything, then we'll get experts on board to help us. So you never know. We may end the storyboard that we've got now may look completely different by the time it gets to to stage. Yeah, I was going to ask about like funding, like if it was commissioned or anything like that. But yeah, so we're looking at different options. So one is applying to grants, sort of through um, there's various different creative bodies that offer grants. As part of my mum's museum exhibition, she's got some funding, and because of all of this is relating, we can see if we can like combine it. Right now, it's very sort of early stages. We're sort of, we've got a meeting coming up next week, hopefully, on specifically that funding. And it may be a case that we ha- we, we we make applications to receive grants for this, um, which at the moment, the, the, the creative world is it's actually doing pretty well because there are grants because of COVID. Uh, creative professionals have really seen a hit to their work, obviously. But the um, art sector is sort of boosting funding where they can. I mean, it's not great, but there are things available. So So let's see, see where it goes. Hamish, have you ever been to a play? I've considered going to, I don't know if it counts, but you know the the Harry Potter one that there's meant to be? The yeah, yeah the Cursed Child kind of, one. Yeah, that I was considering good. going yeah, to that, that one or the Lion King, but I haven't actually been. Yeah, they're, they're big. They're like big ones. Yeah. Well, when hopefully when my play's up and running, you guys have to come. Yeah. And that could be like Hamish's first proper play. <laughs> <laughs> VIPs. VIPs, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you have kind of like a timeline for this play? Like when would, when could... We expect the invite. Yeah. Really, expect like, the invite. Is it really? I, I think it will all dependent. depend on sort of the funding, really. Um, hopefully 2022, 2023 at an absolute stretch. But yeah, hopefully next year sometime. Yeah, I was also going to ask, like, are you like, are you also playing as a actor in your play or are you like a, just going to be the director kind of? 
you know, because it's your idea. I don't know if you're also going to give yourself a role, like, or you make a cameo yeah. in your <laughs> yeah. play and then ca- carry on. Yeah, I could. Was that Tarantino does that, right? Like, makes cameo. Oh, I was going to say Stan Lee did it a lot. So, like, you could just yeah. put yourself as cameo in every single movie. <laughs> Should I do that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably not. I think, I think my involvement will be writing the script and then I kind of just, like, step aside. Maybe have some involvement in the direction. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Or, um, yeah, we'll see. I'll let you know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in that scenario, me personally, like I would need to be directing it because if my vision doesn't get put out correctly, the only person I be, I can be annoyed at is myself. Then by that logic, in it, so. But this my- is this this is what they say: like, don't get too emotionally attached to your script because it's like then once it's out there, or in the hands of someone who's going to direct it, not you, that's then like you can't see like oh that's my baby like it has to be done this way right. So it's a control thing as well. I get that if you were like a professional director, but yeah. You could hire someone who is a director and they'd probably do a better job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not, I'm saying like in terms of like still having a part in it, like you don't want to yeah. just, I would still want to be there when this is being directed or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah. I think I'd chuck myself like just in the background, like, you know, just w- maybe just walking across the stage at some point, you know, just seeing, seeing how things are. So, so you could have had a part to play if there was a dancing scene, maybe. Yeah. On the on the plan, you put on when we were like messaging, you put I dance. So I assumed it meant Indian dance. Oh no, I meant like I like myself. Oh, okay. I dance. <laughs> um, so... But but it works because I do Indian dance. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. I thought you did as well. So I was like, okay, yeah, that, that the I just stand for Indian, right? I remember she did classical dance, and I've seen a performance in Art Center. Yeah, like I don't know what the, it was. I think it was one of the. It may have been Diwali, maybe, or like something. You were performing in the not the stage, but you were performing in the center. Yeah, in like the foyer bit. Yeah, they said there were going to be samosas there, but there were no samosas. I, this, this is what I remember. <laughs> Do you remember that? Not my actual dancing. No, thing. no, I, I, I stayed, I stayed for your dance, and then I left because like Aww. there was nothing. No, I thought it'd be disrespectful there. Yeah, like if like someone like, like I kind of knew you. Like if I just left halfway through the thing, yes, yeah, so I was like, I let the performance finish, and then I'll, and then I carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've like danced since I was little, and um, I do like two forms of Indian classical dance called Kathak and Bharatanatyam. Uh, I did both growing up. I now mainly do Kathak, which is a dance form originated from the north of India. And what you guys saw me do at uni was I was part of the Indian Classical Dance Society at Warwick. And in my, God, second, third year, second year, I can't remember. I was like the co-president of that society. But I was like quite heavily involved for all three years. And it was a lot of fun. It was a way of meeting people at uni that have quite an obscure interest like me. You know, because not everyone, I think a lot of Indians know what it is, but aren't really part, like don't really do classical dancing. But I met some really great people who I'm still, I still chat to all the time. And we took part in the UK's first inter-university Indian classical dance competition. And we won across all three uh, like categories. It was like Warwick, Warwick, Warwick. (laughs) So that was like definitely one of the highlights of my my uni experience was that. Um, And it was, it was really, really fun. I was just gonna, like at the art center. You did two performances. You did one with a group and one by yourself. God, I don't even remember. Like I don't um, like, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably did. I was like, because I was gonna ask you, did you do both forms of it then? Because I did. Obviously, I wouldn't know the difference here. I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. She's doing classical dance here, but I don't know what. Obviously, it was. I didn't know that there was like more than one classical dance, which was my yeah. There's thought. like there's a lot. There's I guess eight main ones. I guess people say, but yeah. So oh god, I don't remember. At uni, I think I mainly did the Kathak stuff. So the, the, the it's the style that originates from North India, and I was I sort of like led that a bit more. But 
the Bharatanatyam, which is the style from South India, I sort of learned growing up as well. So I do I do bits and pieces just for fun. But in terms of like my own like leading and like choreographing and like getting the team together, that was mainly cut then. I can't actually remember exactly what you're talking about, but I, <laughs> yeah, I probably did two dances, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, which is a big it's because I haven't seen many performances in it. So like when I seen one, like I know like, oh shit. Okay, yeah. And you were just like captivated from my dance, obviously. I'm a Hamish, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro. What got you into dancing? Or what did you just always do it? Like, and why specifically the classical ones? Um, oh my God, I don't My mom took me to uh, like my dance school when I was really little and was like, here, just like go to this class and learn it. And then I think it just stuck with me. I think it was one of those things. My mom herself is, um, she, well, she used to play the sitar, which is an Indian classical music instrument. So, Classical music and dance was always in our household, and I guess that kind of was then the national, the natural progression from there. And I really enjoy it. Like to this day, I still do it every Saturday. And yeah, I just yeah, I really like it. <laughs> so what's the difference between it's like a non-Indian person when they think of like dancing and India? Probably just think of Bhangra or Bhangra. Yeah. I can't remember how Akhil said you're supposed to pronounce it. It's Bhangra. It's actually like Punjabis will say it's almost like you. It's um. Imagine it starts with the letter P. It's like Bhangra, Bhangra. Again, I'm I'm butchering it. I know because I'm not Punjabi myself. But but what's the difference between Bhangra and Indian classical dance? So dances like Bhangra, like um, Garba, um, they're all folk dances. So they originate from villages in India, quite literally from from the Garm, which is you know the village. Um, so they're called folk dances. Classical dances, however, originate from the temple back in the day, like centuries and centuries ago. So women um, and men would dance in temples and there's sort of a divine aspect of these dance forms. And by divine, I mean a lot of the stories we portray because Indian classical dancing, a lot of it is acting, relates to gods and goddesses like in the Hindu mythological realm and, you know, within Hinduism. So, so the origins are very different. Um, and when you look at it, like they, they do look very different as well. So yeah, yeah, that, that that that's the difference. Is it is it anything to do with? I, I I don't know really the difference, but I'm just guessing. Like, is it anything to do with speed? I'd say Bangla is known for its like high intensity, right? Like it's like a it has an impact, right? It packs a punch when you watch it. Different types of classical form. There's like it's so nuanced. There's areas that are slower and more sort of expressional with your face, for example. But then there's also parts that are really really fast it's with something like Kathak footwork is a big thing so like really high intense speed footwork uh, creating different patterns loads of like pirouettes I guess you could call it like spins and they, they can be really fast so I think there, there are different faces to the Indian classical dance forms even like Garba I mean Garba in and of itself is pretty simple the steps but it's that the fun element and the intensity and I don't know the other idea of like communities getting together which is what what makes it such great dance form but yeah do you know my memory of garba is about hindu soccer when you and akil were teaching us in hindu soccer and i was trying to learn garba and then so we learned a slow version yeah and obviously we were so we were basically ready to go to the i mean we were, i forgot where we traveled to maybe leicester or somewhere i don't know we traveled on the coach and we went to like a national hindu sock garba thing yeah so we went there yeah and then the slow one yeah you could just about keep up and then when it started getting faster, yeah, I effed off. I got out of the circle and then I see like everyone like zooming around you, yeah, like at this super <laughs> intense speed. I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's no way that I can figure out what they're doing. The footwork and the hand motion and everything's already too much, yeah. And these lot are doing it. Obviously, it comes with practice. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, let me just um, observe, <laughs> observe the 
greatness here and just sit back because this, this is oh, my no. <laughs> it's not no it, it is pretty simple I think it's just like experience so obviously like we grow up like going to go every single year so you just grow up seeing it and then you just pick it up but yeah I remember that tutorial like <laughs> can we can we even call it that that me and Akil did for Hindu sock I think we just went into it thinking oh god well we know how to do that like we do that like, every year we can do it but we didn't really think about how we would like dissect it for someone who who doesn't like know what they're doing so we kind of went into it and was like oh yeah you just put your foot there and then you know you turn around like simple um and then we had a lot of blank faces look back at us like what <laughs> so, but, um, that, that was a fun <laughs> is Garba the one with sticks so yeah so so Garba is like the one you're, you're dancing in a circle so it's like the circle formation the one with sticks is called Dandia like Ras Dandia and it's typically you do that so you do Garba and then you do an arati, which is like the like puja to the to the god, and then after that, yeah, you then pick up your sticks and you do like uh, dandiaras. Well, to be fair, I remember as well. Yeah, basically, somehow it always end up in an odd number in the in the dandia one. So like, I was just like, you know what, I'll I'll hop out first because I'm the one likely to screw this up here because yeah, I mean, it kept turning. I don't know how it kept turning into an odd number. Yeah, <laughs> in the in the group, here, I was like, okay, you know what, I'll hop out. Yeah, because that way, whoever the odd person is joined in, it evens out. And then I don't have to stress about bloody getting the um, combination right because I think you have to hit once, step back or something. I don't remember the exact combination, so if I butcher it, I apologize. <laughs> but it's very like intense. And the faster it gets here, like one day, one day, you know, Aaron, I want to see Aaron do Garba. Yeah, come next time. Hey, I, saw, I saw it on Bride and Prejudice, so I'm like, I think I'd be, I'd be super <laughs> epic. I thought, I thought you said you were gonna like, you just stepped out just in case nobody wanted to like do it with you. I don't know if it's like a pair. Oh. Thing. <laughs> oh. No, no, I, jo- I joined as a pair, but it turned into odd numbers very quickly for some reason. So I was like, I'll step out. Problem solved. But then you can't just step out. I realized, yeah, because you, you mess up the, wherever the person joined in, wherever the person is odd, they need to be the ones that step out. Because, yeah. Yeah. So basically what I did, I made it worse. And then I acted like I wasn't. <laughs> criminal for <laughs> just walk away i didn't do anything so so he's um is icd see that i used a used a little acronym there i know yeah. i know my stuff is it is it something you've like continued to do since uni yeah yeah so i now am part of a dance company called the pugra of dance company well I, I i learn from them i guess um every saturday so normally around this time actually from nine uh nine to ten thirty but on a on a saturday and yeah we've got a student showcase coming up uh, in the summer, which would be really fun. Hopefully, COVID allow allowing that we could do that. So yeah, I, I definitely kept it up, and I I plan to keep on keeping it up. Yeah. Has that helped fitness wise? Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to link into the fitness topic. To be honest, <laughs> no, because I was going to say like like the bunger bit you said as well. Like it's packs a punch, and like obviously like jab and all that. It's like a something that kind of almost not meant for fitness, but it's like there is that purpose there. So is, has ICD had like the same effect with you? So I think if I did it more often, like in the week, then yeah, probably. I mean, it's, you know, it can be great cardio and sort of flexibility and strength and things. But, you know, I don't do it often enough for it to really have an impact on my fitness. But seeing as that's the link we're going with, <laughs> um, I have I have got into fitness a lot um, over lockdown. Not really through dance, I, that kind of just use it to supplement. But um, I got an online coach sort of on July I think July last year July 2020 and she's been great she sort of like explains to me like my macros what I should be eating uh the types of workouts that I need to do and I like check in with her via email every Tuesday evening and yeah I've, I've, I've lost about 18 19 kilos since which is 
been great <laughs> and I'm still I'm still working on it but yeah she definitely transformed the way I view like how active I actually am like I think I thought I was active but I, I wasn't really but now like I know the importance of getting in like the steps in every day and like cardiovascular health if anything and and just strength do you enjoy it yeah I really enjoy it I enjoy it because it's like we all have zoom fatigue right because of lockdown I feel like we're looking at screens all the time but like just kind of going out going for a walk or picking up a dumbbell like mentally you you put yourself in a different headspace and I always feel very refreshed after I work out like I I feel good obviously there's times that you're like I really can't be bothered but yeah you have to push yourself and you you get results how does the uh, digital like personal trainer work as well yeah so she sort of um so she'll set everything she's got like a google sheets that um she shares shares with me so on that it's like a spreadsheet and I can see the workouts I have to do and then I put in what weight I did, what how many reps, sets, etc. Then in terms of like her actual coaching, I normally say I've got a tripod and I will like record myself doing some of the exercises. Um, and then I'll send them in to her in an email and she will come back to me and explain like where my form was a bit wrong or how I could improve this or that. But the check-in's quite a holistic in approach. So I always I also talk talk to her about like like my mood and like how I my energy throughout the week and whether the, the food's sitting right with me and just health in general as well so it works I mean I know at first like people were like are you really gonna pay someone to just like basically email them like what are you gonna get from that but then looking back I've, I've also had experience of like gym four PTs and I got nowhere whereas with this I had the accountability of weekly check-in and her advice really is very very good but it's expert advice and yeah it's I've, I've got results this way so I'm very happy with it and I definitely recommend like getting a good reputable online coach for anyone looking to get into shape how much are they? I was considering this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll link you up. Your referral code. <laughs> um, so obviously each coach is different. I mean, the ones that I've sort of seen online are like, they'll do a bundle package. So for say X amount of months, it's like a few hundred, for example. But honestly, working out at home, just I just hear so much shit from my parents that I'm just not bothered to do it sat at home. So I go for a walk. I'll try doing a run when it's warm enough. But So like, you know, when we had the three day burst of warmness, I made a yeah. mistake. Instead of spreading it out, I ran three days in a row because I was on annual leave. I just did it in the middle of the day. And on the fourth day, my calves refused to work. Like they, re- they were like, if you run again, like, I'm going to disappear. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then I just remember like I had to do the slowest walk. So because I track all of my things through Fitbit. So you can see like the pace on all my walks is relatively high. And then that, that fourth day after the runs, when my calves were saying, no, don't run again. Because obviously I haven't run in a very long time. So they were just like, yeah, if you run again, we're going to disappear. And I'm like, okay, I'll walk slow as much as you can. And I just remember being so fatigued at the end of it. I d- the thing is, there's no, I haven't got like a gym that's like in walkable distance for me. And I don't know if I'd bother like getting a bus to go to the gym mm. at the moment. I like, I'd, I'd do it if I was going back into work, like work in the office. I joined a gym next to my work, but because I'm not going to the office, I'm no longer going to that gym i was born in essex fun fact but we, then we moved to croydon when i was like two so i don't really have do you know where memory where of essex? it as in i say like barking oh yeah yeah so that's, that's yeah, fairly close yeah, yes but my grandparents lived there for maybe 10 or so years after that so we used to go up they lived like just off green street so so did my mom so really? my mom's also like my mom's side is from gujarat they're from uganda and they moved over here yeah classic and, yeah, story yeah, she grew up it? like yeah, East uh, East Ham, Green Street and all that. Yeah, well, very good. Wait, wait, do you remember when we had 
Kyle on yet and basically found out that Kyle and Snager went to the same school as Shaylee. Yeah, yeah, I know them. <laughs> it rings a bell, but I can't like remember the conversation. But we didn't know that till Kyle's episode or something. Was she like Wellington Girls and you're like, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 she said, she said it because we didn't realize. Oh, I think we saw the mutual, mutual or something, but we were like. Hamish is like, that, that girl that I saw doing Indian classical dance in the Warikashi. <laughs> the one where I didn't get the samosa, yeah. that girl. <laughs> I'm, so I'm really bad with like measurements when it comes to do with like weight and distance. But 18 kg, mm. that seems like a lot. Yeah, that is a lot, right? It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're better in stones, but I don't, I actually, I don't know what no, the I'm, not, I'm not better is. in anything. Like, I, I okay, fine. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, it's a lot. I'll put it in dress sizes. For example, I've gone down like a few dress sizes. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Is that what you're aiming to do? Yeah, I mean, the, the aim was, yeah, to lose body fat, I guess, but really just to become like firm, <laughs> like just a bit, a bit stronger and a bit more like toned in my life because I'm not really, even now, like it's still, it's still, it's a journey like that I'm on and I'll get there, but <laughs> I just wanted to have some strength and not be so like weak and then obviously lose like, you know, fat as well. So, but I'm in a good place. Like I'm very like, I'm body confident. Like I'm happy with the way I look, even though I'm not like where I want to like be eventually, but I'm, I'm still, I'm happy. I'm now I'm doing it because like, I'm, I'm, I'm what's the word? Like I'm motivated. Like I, I, I want to do it. And I'm enjoying the process. So, yeah. What is one piece of advice you'd like kind of give in terms of for people? Don't think about when you think about like the overall, like, okay, I have to lose X amount in like a year. You think, oh God, that's really overwhelming. How do I even do that? Especially if you're not very active before. So I guess the one piece of advice was like, take it day by day and have your non-negotiables in place. So by that, I mean, make sure like by the time you go to bed at night, you've hit like X amount of steps, you've drank, x liters of water and you stuck to your meal plan for example you know so these are all things that little things that you can definitely do but make sure they're your non-negotiables in your day-to-day i was gonna say like do you like follow so you you make your own food now as a result of the meal prep stuff or do you still eat your homemade food like random puris offered in the middle of yeah. the-, <laughs> <laughs> the middle of the third wheel podcast um no so so my, so my trainer is giving me like various different meal plans that i can just follow and i make to be honest, I've always sort of made my own food anyway, so I haven't hadn't had the issue of like, oh, but my mum's made like butter on a shark, like, can I eat it? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I've always kind of just made my own food, so um, I I meal prep just because it's easy. So I'll batch cook, and I'll probably do that after I get off this Zoom call with you guys, and I'll batch cook for a few days in advance meals as set by my coach. No, but cool, that's awesome. I thought it'd be cool. Uh, should we play a little game? Yeah, let's do it. So this is a new game we haven't actually played on the podcast before so this is categories so what i'll do is i will basically i've got a list of categories here i don't know how many we'll go through we'll see how how we do for time and how it works is i'll say a category so what we'll do is we'll do like a test we'll do like a little a little warm-up yeah so i will say a category which is countries yeah so it's a little little basic one and now mm-hmm. let's say case okay, shaley you can go first so what i'll say is you would say how many you think you could name within 30 seconds. How many countries do you think you can name within 30 seconds? 15. Okay, so Hamish now. Hamish can either raise that if he thinks he can name more or he can call bullshit on you. Ooh. And if he calls bullshit, that means you have to do it or you have to go for it. Otherwise, he'll get the point. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I'll go to 20. You go- Okay, first of all, you raise it to like 16. You know? <laughs> Why'd you jump to 20? <laughs> okay, Hamish has gone 20. So now, Shaylee, you could raise it again or you can call bullshit. Bullshit. Okay, 20. So Hamish has to try name 20. This is a warm up, so it won't count. Okay, okay. But um, okay. imagine oh, this is yeah. the one I get as well. Let's, let's go for it though. So you can, you can, let's just see how you do. I'll go three, two, one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. Brazil, India, England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Ireland, France, Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, Kenya, Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Malaysia, um, Zimbabwe, America, Canada, Chile, Bermuda, uh, China, um, Japan, North Korea, not Japan, um, North Korea, South Korea. Fuck, I hit Okay, you did over 20, but I don't know if like... How many did I get? You did do, you did, I did, you did like 24. I stopped counting after 20. I was, I was on edge for you. I was like, oh my God, is he going to do it? Gonna- <laughs> okay, first one let's go with is musical instruments. Oh God. So Hamish, you can go first as to say, uh, say how many you think you can get in 30 seconds. Five. Five. Shady? Yeah, I think I could do more. I want to say like 15. 15. Okay, Hamish? <laughs> bro, I, I don't know 15 instruments. <laughs> so I'm going to have to call bullshit because I'm not going for Okay, 15. Wait, can I say Indian instruments as well? Because <laughs> it's really like... Yeah, I'm, I'm probably just going to have to go with your... Like, I'm going to have to assume you're right. So I can make up a word and you wouldn't know. <laughs> no, I'll try Googling at yeah, the yeah, same maybe, time. Hey, okay, I'll count okay. Hamish and if there's any dubious, we can Google. We'll VAR check <laughs> it after, yeah. Okay, Shaylee, 15. Guys, I'm nervous. 15 music Oh, wait. So you're telling me the countries one I could have got a point on if it wasn't warm-up? No, you didn't get a point on it. You didn't get a point. It was warm-up. Fuck. <laughs> Watch me end up with zero points now. Okay, musical. Well, if Shaylee doesn't get it, you'll get the point. Okay, 15 musical instruments in 30 seconds. Three, two, one. Piano, keyboard, harp, flute, recorder, clarinet, violin, viola, tabla, harmonium, harmonica, drums, bass, saxophone, um, mridangam, uh, tambourine, cymbals, uh, Okay, oh. you, you did enough. You did enough. You did like eighteen. Oh, I was like, when you did went I? to Tabla, oh. I thought you would go to Dool or something as well, yeah, because I thought you were just going to carry on through that chain of Indian instruments. I was like, oh. I thought I was as well, but I think I just had a mind blank. I think I got nervous. <laughs> okay, going to get a bit, bit more tricky. Podcasts. Um, two, and that's mine <laughs> and yours. <laughs> so, Shaylee, you can you can say say a number first. Eight. Eight. Okay, Hamish. Do you want to raise that or call bullshit? Wait, you said eight. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's too high? <laughs> I'm going to say 10. Okay, Shaylee, raise it or bullshit? The bullshit. Yeah, I'll call bullshit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Three, two, one, go. Third wheel, migration, a retrace story. Uh, watch me thrive, Live. On the same page. Pod, lost and profound. What's good? The Logan Paul podcast, um, Joe Rogan's podcast, Mo Gilligan's podcast. Oh fuck! Um, Peter Crouch's pod- Peter Crouch's podcast. Fuck! 
That's it. That's it for me. Okay. This. <laughs> hmm. So you said eleven there, but like a few of them, you literally just said the. You, it's like saying Aaron's podcast. Let, let me just check those podcast. names. That's what I mean. But that's what I was going to ask you because some of them I'm pretty sure are just the names. So like Peter Crouches, I'm pretty sure it's just the Peter Crouch podcast. But Mo Gilligan's is called Mo Money Mo Problems. <laughs> oh, so I don't know if you can count that. That will still bring you down to ten. If okay. Peter Crouches is called Peter Crouches. Right, let's Google it. But Joe Rogan's one, isn't it called the Joe Rogan Experience? Oh, true. Right? By the way, she, he, he just said basically all of our friends' podcasts. <laughs> I was trying to, yeah, I probably <laughs> missed some. <laughs> I apologize if I missed any, but I just went I just went through all of the ones that we've been promoting recently. So so Joe Rogan and Mo Gilligan's doesn't count. But I won't give, I won't give Shady a point either. It is called the Mo Gilligan Podcast. It is? Oh, for fuck's sake. Yes. Where did I see Mo? <laughs> oh, he should have called it a Mo Money Mo Problems. That'd been funnier. I think no. I think that's what he started with. I think he started with that. Then he changed it just to the Mo Gilligan one. Ah, uh, oh. one point. I like that Mo <sighs> Money. Okay, next one is U.S. states. Oh. Shit. Okay, that's. I'm gonna say five. I want to say ten. These are big jumps you guys are making. You know. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. <laughs> plus Bull- one. Bullshit. 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 Oh. Because. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can name 10. Okay, Shaylee. 10 US states in 30 seconds. Three, two, one, go. Florida, Washington, DC, New York, California, Ohio, Utah, no, sorry, uh, Arizona, South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, Alabama. That's 10. Yeah, you said Utah as well, which was another one, so... Oh, do I say one more? No, no, you got him. You no, got no, him. You, no, no. You said Utah. Oh, Utah's not a state, though, right? No, no, it is. I'm looking at it. Oh, it so is. You got it right. Yeah. So you're you're oh, good. Fine. Is it? Time up. Time, time yeah. to spare. Bloody mm-hmm. hell. Yeah, I would not have been able to do that. <laughs> okay. I've been watching a lot of American politics stuff recently. I think that's why I was kind of like, okay, I can maybe do ten, but even though that that's not great. I mean, there's like fifty. So. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. This this one's a bit of a interesting one. I don't know how much of this. I don't know if you're into football, Shaley, or if Akil's might have. Oh my Akil, God, could have rubbed no, off on you. I don't know anything. But current Manchester United players. Oh, as in maybe the the couple that he's on going on yeah, about. I, I, I don't know. If, like I don't know how many but... Hamish can mention either. So I thought it might be funny if Hamish could only mention like five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up to date, but wait, are current, you counting current. like people who it can't be on loan? Current. You can't be on loan either. With confidence, I know two. That's it. So. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm going to say 10, but we'll need VAR checks on mine. Shady, do you think you can do more than 10? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, I was kind of hoping Hamish should only be able to do five or something. Okay. 10, 3, 2, 1, go. David De Gea, Dean Henderson, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, um, Daniel James, Marcus Greenwood, Eric Bailly, um, Lindelof, Phil Jones, Luke Shaw, um, Van. Oh, what's the guy's name on the. On the back, right back. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you need one more because you got one name wrong in there. I couldn't think. I saw the timer at 15 seconds and I'm like, I can't think. I, <laughs> I'm gonna, Which player was wrong? You Aaron? said Marcus Greenwood, not Mason Greenwood. Uh, oh, what? Come on, you could have You said that. our previous guest's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot Harry Maguire, a blatant it one. Arrow and Bissaka, who you're thinking of a right back. Oh, yeah, I couldn't. 
I was Did like, you say I can't McTominay? Did you even say McTominay? Um, Mate, I was. Aaron, it's not easy on this side of the yeah, fucking yeah, thing. No, no, no. The, the the only two I knew was Marcus Rashford because he's the free school meals yeah. guy. <laughs> not because of his football. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I'm sure he's a great player. And um, Bruno Fernandez because. I made a deal with Akil that if we ever get a dog, we can name him Bruno Fernandez. So. Uh-huh. That, that'd be a sick name for a dog, you know? Right? Bruno, Bruno's forgot, a good I thing. forgot Pogba, Martial. <laughs> oh, yeah. They seem like big people, right? <laughs> okay. Penultimate one. Styles of dance. Look at Amy's just face. Three. Ten. Go, go for it. Because I'm, I'm yeah, gonna go. Okay, Shaylee, 10 styles of dance in 30 seconds. Three, two, one. Kathak, Bharatanatyam, Odyssey, Mohiniyatam, Kuchipudi, Bhangra, Garba, Ghana, Bollywood, Jazz, uh, Ball, uh, Waltz, uh, Tap, Tango, Salsa. Foxtrot. Um, now I'm just doing all the ballroom dance ones. Um, Time's well, up. I'll keep it at that. That was more yeah, than Yeah, that was, I, I stopped counting. That was like 17 or 18 yeah, or something. <laughs> I, when, I was, when I was thinking of it, I was like, I was just thinking of like cha 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 and all the like, you know, yeah, Western like ones. Dancing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, two step. <laughs> um, and then you started reeling off loads of Indian ones. I was like, oh shit. I'm assuming you don't need, <laughs> we don't need a VH8 VI, I'll check that. You said it with so much confidence, I'm like, oh, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just go with that. <laughs> okay. This is the last one, and that is previous guests on the third wheel. Cool. Okay, we basically interviewed all my friends in life, which is basically only five people. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll go with five. <laughs> um, okay, Shaylee goes with five. Hamish, how many do you think you can raise five? Would it be bad if I went for a low number because I know I could win it? <laughs> <laughs> Or are you setting me like a minimum because obviously there's an unfair advantage here? I, th- I reckon you could do 15. Yeah, I think you can. 20, 20 if you're a big man. You know what? Let's, let's make it interesting. Let's go for 20. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Yash, Anna, James, Josh, Hamish, Aaron, Shri, um, Snager, Kyle, Shaley, Akil, Mira, Olivia, Krishan, Golden, Nish, Z, Krishna, Rio, Anu. Fuck. Did you say Krishna Time twice? Up. Or did I, was I hearing no. her? You said it once, yeah? You okay, you did 20. Yeah, you did dot on 20. Oh my God. That's good. I was trying to go in order and then the order yeah, went yeah, out the window. I, got... I, was like, <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is episode five? I was just trying to think. I'm excited for Mira's one. I know you interviewed her yesterday. I'm excited yeah, for that. Yeah, that, that was a really nice one. Okay, scores on the doors. And we have a winner by one point. And that is Shaylee, who won three three categories to two. Oh, Congratulations. Guest yeah. always wins. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Before we finish off, there's one, the one thing I added to the plan I just wanted to like touch on, and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, is Clubhouse. Yeah. So Clubhouse is a platform that I've seen you've, like been on a few times i know about it but i haven't actually like signed up for it or anything like that what can you explain what it is it's like an interactive podcast so it's like so so for example the three of us are chatting now but imagine if like a random online from the other side of the world could see that three of us are chatting and then kind of get involved in it 
So it's all audio based and you basically just join different rooms and there are different topics. So for example, yesterday I led one with a mate of mine on um, the hustle and mindset of the immigrant experience, for example, right? Um, and loads of people who have Clubhouse saw that this chat was going on, so they joined in. So most of the people in the room, I didn't, I had never met, didn't know who they were, but we all kind of like, you know, get together and talk about this one topic. So it's all audio based. In terms of visuals, there's only like one display picture that you put up and then you can put a bio. So to explain like who you are and you can link your socials. So you can link like your Instagram, your Twitter, for example. But beyond that, it's, I like it because it's very like, it's audio based. So it's really your personality comes through and it's a good way to like, I guess, meet people in a way. I mean, you have to be careful. There are like some chats where it's people just, you know, just gassing themselves a bit and like giving expert advice where then they really shouldn't be. Um, so you get a lot of that, but then you get some chats that are really interesting about current affairs or politics, anything. And then you also get the jokes one. So there's like, people use it as like a way of like dating and like meeting people online, um, is it? which I've, I've heard a couple of success stories, which is pretty incredible. But, <laughs> well, yeah. It's just a chat room is essentially like, I don't actually know anything about Clubhouse. I've only heard of it, but I don't know what it is. So it's just a chat room essentially. It's a chat room. Yeah. But instead of like typing in a, it's like MSN, but instead of typing, you're like speaking. Yeah. That makes sense. When you say when you say you led like a like a clubhouse talk or I don't know I don't know what the terminology yeah what, what does that like mean so it means that I me and my mate we were the moderators so it means that we lead the conversation so we like introduce it and we moderate so we like let people speak but we we got kind of guide the conversation and we'll like ask questions kind of like how you guys are doing it with me right now so if this was clubhouse you'd both be the moderators but like could someone just pipe up like at any point or do you have to like literally let them speak yeah so anyone can come up to the it's called like the speaking gallery and so they can just speak whenever but if you're a moderator you can mute people you have the power to mute someone so if there's someone who's you know you sometimes get trolls and stuff right yeah. so you can kick them out or you can mute them but yeah other than that like anyone can really speak do you think it will last this format because i've seen i think discord have recently introduced a version twitter are looking to introduce or Twitter, I think, ha- actually, Twitter have introduced a version already. Really? Facebook have a version as well, don't they? They have, like, rooms that you can make. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of Spotify. I've, I've seen, saw an article where Spotify are thinking of, like, doing something in that space as well. So it'd be interesting. It's kind of like when Snapchat started doing, like, stories and stuff like that, and now everyone's doing stories. Um, I think this could be a similar thing with the, yeah, Clubhouse. I think, I just, so I've had it for about maybe a month or so, and I was... I guess a little bit addicted at first. I was on it all the time. But then it just sort of tailed off. And I think, especially as things are opening a bit more and I'm able to go out and see more people, I've kind of just forgotten yeah, about do it. Do you think it is like a lockdown thing? Like people are Maybe. I think, honestly, I genuinely think people are just a bit lonely. You yeah. know, they just they just want to chat. Like, And I think, so it was great for lockdown. Um, I, I do see they'll, they'll see a, like a tailing off like as things open and people kind of like enter the real world a bit more. But I think it's a good way for like networking. So I use it either just for like for a bit of balance, use it socially, or I use it professionally as well. So I work in law. I don't think we've touched on that yet, but yeah, like I work in law. So there's like legal chats that I join and um, I can meet other professionals and I learn from them. So if anything, I think it will go more towards like the professional side rather than, I don't don't think it will be as popular with the the social stuff. Yeah. I could be You said you got like a few... Well, not a few, but you got like people message you about being a guest on the podcast from it. Yeah. So from the chat that I did yesterday on the, the hustle and mindset of the immigrant experience, 
there were like uh, people from around the world who just joined in and then they then saw because I was moderating it they saw my bio and they saw what I do and I in my bio specifically say like if you're interested in coming on then like dm me um so I got a couple of people who dm me from that and said you know oh hey like I, I was on the chat just now really interested in becoming being a guest if that's okay whatever so yeah and I've got definitely got some followers like as in from my Instagram page because of being on Clubhouse I'd say a good like 50, 60 of my followers. I don't have many followers, but a good like 50, 60 of them are from Clubhouse. So. Yeah, that's cool. And is, is it still only like an invite thing? Yeah, so it's invite only and it's iPhone only at the moment. I think they're going to expand that. IPhone, but yeah. So, you, yeah, so you have to have an iPhone and you have to have an invite. So for example, Aaron, say you, I don't know, do you have an iPhone? I have an iPad, so I could technically. Yeah, so you could do it. Okay, so say if you wanted Clubhouse, you download the app and then I could give you an invite because I already have Clubhouse. So I'd give you a code you input that code and then 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 you then have clubhouse but you need you need someone who already has it to give you that code that invite yeah i I remember someone a friend like putting in one of our chats like that she has a clubhouse uh invite if anyone wants and i was like yeah go on i'll see what it is and then just didn't reply so didn't didn't get one (laughs) i'd give you no I i don't know if i'd actually i don't know if i'd use it I think I'm still very skeptical about it, as in, like, if it's going to be something that's very, like, literally in a month, no one's going to be using it. Or, I think I, I, everyone has that sort of like, not worry, but like, yeah, it's, it's not even something to, I should be worried about either. Like, so what if no one's using it? It doesn't mean I still can't use it now, but yeah, yeah. But then you think about how relevant it is. I mean, there's a lot of talk about monetization. So at the moment. I could be wrong, but I don't think you can really make money from it. But a lot of people, you can like make your own clubs. So for example, if I wanted to make a club on migration, for example, I can make a club and then like schedule in regular chats. Um, and I think the idea is then club owners, I guess, as you could call it, could then make money from that somehow. So that's one reason why I think a lot of people are sticking to it just to see where the future of this goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. Something to, uh, yeah, got, guess watch out for. What also happened? What was the other? Was it called House Party or something? Yeah, <laughs> House, House Party. Party. Yeah. But then that that was what done. To that? I think that died down because of all those like rumors about it being like um, security risks and stuff like that. Did you hear that? Hear about that? Yeah, yeah, like the GDPR yeah. breach and whatever. So I think people then. I think that was proven not to be. Tr- I think it was. I not thought true. it was just because the data was stored outside of the UK or something. Yeah, I, I don't think people there was a security issues. risk. People didn't like, understand. Yeah, people saw it and were like. Okay, the security risk, you can't use it. And then well, people, people just... use TikTok and it's not stored in the UK or something. So if they're not following those guidelines, then why the <laughs> hell do they care about House 40? They probably think like, oh, True. they're probably like, oh, the TikTok content's so good, don't care. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Yeah, should we start to like round up, round, round up the episode? If you guys are ready? Sure. Yeah, so as we send you like the format, so we end off with like some final questions, a call out and a shout out. So I guess we'll start off with the final questions and... First one for you is, what is your go-to Tesco meal deal? So I've thought about this long and hard because I take it really seriously. Um, so for the sandwich, right, let's break this down. I'm vegetarian. and So yeah, it would be vegetarian. I, it would be a cheese plowman's for me, for sure. And then in terms of the snack, now, if I was to get a crisp, and I, I normally do, it needs to be something with a good crunch because I'm going to put it inside my crisp. Inside your sandwich? Yeah. Sorry, into, into my sandwich. Get my words confused. I really like hula hoops. The issue with that, though, is the shape. Yeah, it's a bit hard, isn't to put it? Put in a sandwich. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit weird because then you have to like squash it with your hand and then 
COVID and stuff, I don't really want to put my hand on my tattoo. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit long. So I would go for a Dorito, and I think Chili Heat Wave Dorito. If you're going Doritos, Chili Heat Waves, you got to go Chili Heat Wave. I feel. Yeah. Occasionally, I get the blue one, but yeah, Chili Heat Waves has got the most. But Chris Sandwich, so, yeah. I always just go for like Walkers type. They're just the. I feel like the easiest. Yeah. It's it's quite it reminds me of my childhood, like a good Walkers like sandwich, yeah. right? And then drink. I know it's boring, but I'd get water. I just love water. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you because you, you're veg. I mean, do you, and you, since you actually buy the Tesco meal deals, have you ever tried the flapper up? Is it any good? I don't like it at all. Okay, yeah. I just, I just feel like no. I feel like I'm going to get ill from them. I don't. I just don't trust it. It just looks so wrong. You know? It looks it so looks wrong. wrong. The wrap. Yeah. And the second question is, what's next for you? Uh, so what's next for me? So hopefully, at some point, I'll get this playoff and get it done. <laughs> don't know when, but that that will happen. So that's quite exciting. In terms of like foreseeable future, though. Um, yeah, we haven't really touched on this, but I, I'm a trainee solicitor at the moment, which means that so I'm in my training period and hopefully I'll qualify at the end of this year, so end of 2021 at some point. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that and I can qualify hopefully into family law, which is the area of law I'm really interested in and I'll be a family solicitor. So that's where I, yeah, that's where I see my future. At the moment. A family solicitor, what kind of stuff? Is that like divorce and like? Kids yeah, and... so it, so it involves divorce. It involves like the split off like assets and money on divorce. Does it do with prenups? Yes, and I know you're going to ask <laughs> this because <laughs> I listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I won't ask. I won't ask anything because we're just we're going to get... no, no, ask, ask. Do it, do it, do it. We need content. We need clips, Aaron. <laughs> you need content. <laughs> do it for the content. If you asked for a prenup, would you be happy? As in, like, would you ask for a prenup? Or I wouldn't. And if you were asked, what would be your like reaction? I'd want to know why, but I'd also I I wouldn't be furious. I'd want to like you know talk it through and like really see why. I mean, it makes sense when there's a lot of money involved. Um, I don't I I don't think I'd feel. I think because I work like in that area of law, I wouldn't feel too badly about it. But obviously, ideally, you're going to marry someone that you really really trust. But I thought I thought someone said um, Hamish. I thought Nish said that it's not like legally upholding in the UK or something. Apparently, he got it from legal advice. So it's so okay. Let's clarify this. Um, <laughs> so the leading case on prenups is Radamaka v Granatino, and I, I could be wrong. I think, but I think that is still the leading case. And I think essentially, it's a prenup is legally upholding as long as there are a few criteria that you could check off. So one being that the both the parties weren't entered into the prenup under any duress or like you know, undue influence, things like each party's financial disclosure was like, there was proper financial disclosure that took place before the prenup was drafted. So for example, say, say Aaron, we were to get married and you didn't tell me that you had like, you know, a mansion in like LA somewhere, right? And that wasn't involved in part of the prenup, then that could be brought into question. So generally, I think like, yeah, they are binding, but to an extent, like you could poke holes at it, I guess. Yeah, so fuck you, Nish. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask like family law. Is there anything that's actually like positive? As in, like it just seems like you're dealing with divorce or well, surely she deals with marriages as well, right? Like she she helps with the paperwork or something. I assume. Is that no, not not to actually get married, yeah. but it's everything off from the demise of the marriage. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty negative. But to be honest, like a lot of the times, like a divorce, it's you know there's been a breakdown of the marriage for yeah, so yeah. long that finally getting that divorce paper and signing it off is like cathartic in a way like it's a release and you think finally like it's done and I can move on with the next 
chapter of my life. So in that way, like it is positive in a way. There's also like children stuff. So like child custody, I guess, and contact, things like that. Or there's domestic violence, which is obviously really sad. But if you're helping someone get away from a bad situation, then that's good. There's also an area which I don't really, I haven't had much experience in, but I'd love to, which is surrogacy and adoption. So that's quite good because if you're helping, say, a young couple, being able to like adopt a child, that's obviously great. Yeah, so. no, for sure. I was going to say, did you see the thing where the, there was a case happening on Zoom about domestic violence and the guy was in the same room as the yeah. person? Scary, right? Wait, what's yeah. it? He was like in the same house. But it was basically the woman who had the domestic abuse trials against the man. Yeah. And so they were in a Zoom court meeting, essentially. So I think there was a judge, both lawyers of both parties and both people. But the, so the person that was obviously, you know, saying that the guy is, you know, domestic music. So the lawyer of that person said, um, I'd like to first ensure the safety of my client. Could you please ensure that I think they're in the same room. Could you please get a verification or so get them out to safety first? Yeah. And at first the guy denied it. So there was some, I don't know the exact terms, but it was basically some sort of obstruction of justice or something because essentially the other person's not safe that is essentially the victim here something like that yeah and basically he could have obviously pressured it so that the case could have been i guess dropped right then and there or something or closed so they off. were like in the but same zoom kind of camera no they were in the same physical yeah room. so they would have been on the camera no, they, were, they were in the same house i think i thought in the video like they were in literally in the same room so i think what happened was that the hearing started right and they were in the same house but she didn't know that he was in her house and then somehow they got a tip off and the judge asked him, are you, are you in the house? And he kept on saying no. And then eventually, I think the camera, like, the, the judge was like, can you just go outside? Because I need to check where you are. And if it, it turned out that he was in the same sort of area as her, like in the, within the same building. I don't know if they actually ended up being in the same room. Maybe they did. But I guess the, the worry is, is like, once the cameras are off, say the hearing went really badly for him and he went off in a rage. Once the cameras are off and he's, if he's in the same building as her, like that could have been really bad, right? Yeah, the guy, the, the judge or whatever sent like police like during that straight to the house to essentially arrest the guy. Yeah. Bloody sickle. Back to the final questions. Third and final one is what's, what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience? Oh God, this is, this is a good one, right? <laughs> Let's take our minds back to the first year of uni. So do, do you guys know um, my friend Kajal Patel? She went to uni with us. She's going to hate that oh. I shout at her, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I've got a friend called, called Kaj, whatever. So she and her, her boyfriend, Ardith, who also went to uni with us, they started dating from first year. And I was, <laughs> I was in Kaj's uni hall. She was in JM, right? I was in her room and the three of us were there in the room and we were like, oh, let's watch a film. I don't know if you remember these halls, but they were like, it was like a single bed and it, yeah. was, it was all very, it was a small room, right? There wasn't like really space to like sit. So the two of them were sort of like sitting on the, like lying on the bed, watching the film, their laptop. And I was just awkwardly perching on the side. And then we all just kind of looked at each other and I was just like, why don't you just, just snuggle up? It's fine. Like <laughs> there's no space. Like don't just awkwardly sit there. It's a long film. And I was like, thought about it. And I was like, okay. And <laughs> <laughs> just like huddling up together like under this one duvet on a single bed <laughs> they're gonna hate that i said the story but that was definitely uh, until i started dating akil like my now boyfriend like in final year i was definitely the third wheel of those two throughout uni which i'm sure they miss me but whatever <laughs> so that, that that was a funny third wheel what film was it sure do you remember god i can't remember it was probably i think it might have been harry potter maybe uh, harry potter magical magical remember, but, yeah <laughs> 
The, uh, yeah, the next section is a call out slash nomination. So you can basically nominate one of many people to hopefully be a guest on at some time in the future. Yeah, who would you like to nominate? Uh, yeah, so I want to shout out my friend who I moderated that clubhouse room with yesterday. I was talking, talk, telling you guys about, I actually only met him a few weeks ago and I, I actually never really met him in person, but he's a friend of a friend. He's called Anand Datani. I think his Instagram is at, at Anand's World and his, he has a podcast very, very similar to mine called At The Journey Onwards Podcast. And I met him through a friend of ours who was basically like one day to us both, hey, look, I have a friend who pretty much does the same thing as you. You guys should like get in touch. And when I saw his Instagram page of his podcast, I had to like double take because it's pretty much what I, I'm trying to achieve with Migration Retrace, which was great because like it really felt like there's someone else in the world who has a similar vision to mine. Um, and Anand's great. And we've been we chatting loads and we decided we'd moderate a clubhouse room together. I mean, he's a very interesting guy. So yeah, definitely shout him out. And if you could get him on the podcast, I'm sure like, he, he's great to talk to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll tag him when, when we release your episode. And last bit is a shout out. So basically anything you want to just like give a plug to, give like a little little chat shout out to, we'll put links to it in the description. So um, yeah, Shaylee, anything? Yeah, so obviously like my podcast, if anyone's interested based on what I've been saying in this episode, um, please check it out. It's called Retraced Colon, A Migration Story. So you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. The Instagram handle is at Migration Retraced. So, so that firstly. But then also I'd like to plug my mum's um, museum exhibition that she's got coming up. So there'll be a virtual sort of opening like online in a couple of weeks. But there'll also be an in-person like so you could go to the museum exhibition and there'll be like, I think I'm dancing actually. There'll be like dances and um, like performances and speeches, etc. in July at some point. It's at the Brent Museum and Archives. So it's in Brent in northwest London. And the name of the exhibition is called Roots and Changes, Gujarati Influences. And I think the, the website is literally that. It's Roots and Changes, Gujarati Influences.com or something like that. There is also an Instagram page, I think, called at Roots and Changes 2021. So, yeah, please check it out. I Please like bring like your parents and your grandparents. It's going to be a lot of like really exciting content about our our story and how Asians came to the UK. What date is this going to be roughly? Or it's in June or July, um, but if you check out the website, all the stuff is there. Cool, awesome. If you're dancing, Hamish will probably definitely be there. <laughs> as long as it's the most. You made it weird, Aaron. Hamish, <laughs> <laughs> um, anything to shout out? <laughs> Dickhead. Um, yeah, I was going to shout out a song called Good On You by Alex Hobson and Talia Moore. And then all the podcasts I shouted out during the categories round um, that we had during this, so including Shaley's podcast, so... Yeah, we've inspired a generation of podcast sounds, so obviously I'm going to take full credit for it now. Um, Defo have, Defo. <laughs> yeah, check them all out. And what about you, Aaron? Yeah, I'll shout out one podcast in particular, um, a new one I haven't shouted out before, by one of our friends, Krishna, who was a previous guest on the podcast. Um, it's called On The Same Page Pod. And just reading their bio, it's a podcast for readers, bookstagrammers, and musical theatre lovers. So yeah, if that sounds interesting, go go check that out. And yeah, awesome. Thanks, Shady, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And nice catching up after like Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have to like keep this going now, yeah? Like, yeah, yeah. Be my friend. said that to like 30 <laughs> people in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome. Hope everyone else enjoyed the episode and we'll speak to you next week. All right, see you guys. Have a good day. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Studios, my second home. That's why I have it in my bedroom. I really do this all on my own. 
Shark Quarry and my brother home. He was here from the day one. And not gonna lie, he's a real one. In my team, there are no fake ones. It's a fake love.